F1 is back. We find ourselves in Austria for round 10 of the 2023 Formula One World Championships. It's the 36th Austrian Grand Prix. I'm Victoria Scanlon, and this is Anver Racing. Let's learn about Austria. The name Austria derives from the German word Astro, which means east. The Austrian flag is one of the oldest national flags in the world. And did you know that the sewing machine was invented by an Austrian? Approximately one quarter of the population of Austria lives in Vienna. And Vienna is home to the oldest zoo in the world, which was founded in 1753. I can't even wrap my brain around that one. Austria is known for its mountain railways and trains. German sports car company Porsche was founded in Austria. And of course, as we know, Austria is also the birthplace of Red Bull. 62% of Austria is covered by the Austrian Alps. And the first postcards were used in Austria. Track stats. The Red Bull Ring. We're looking at 71 laps of this 4.3 kilometer circuit. Approximately 306 kilometers traveled in total. 10 corners, 3 DRS zones, top speeds of 324 kph. A modest 63.4 meters. That's a lot of elevation change on this circuit. Fastest lap record goes to Kimi Raikkonen in 2018 with a time of 106.95. Last year, Leclerc took top spot on the podium. First GP held here in 1970. Let's talk about some of the news and the headlines that's coming our way this weekend. Logan Sargent receiving that upgrade package we saw on Alex Albon's car in Canada. Yay! Alex finishing in P7 with that upgrade package. So let's keep our fingers and toes crossed, everyone. Lando Norris also driving an upgraded McLaren, a big upgrade package for them. 50% of the upgrades set to take place here in Austria, 25% coming next week in Silverstone, and the remaining 25 in Hungary. Other news this weekend, Alpine getting new investors. Hollywood actor and businessman Ryan Reynolds is on board with Alpine. The Canadian, along with Wrexham FC co-chairman Rob McLehenny, have joined forces with the group of investors to inquire a 24% stake in the French F1 team. This transaction brings the team's estimated value to a total of $900 million. Also, it's a sprint weekend! Woohoo! This is our second look at the new 2023 sprint format, which means buckle up. There's a lot of racing to watch. On Friday, we'll have one practice session, and then we go right into qualifying, which sets the grid for Sunday's GP. On Saturday morning, we have the new sprint shootout, setting the grid for Saturday afternoon's sprint race. And of course, this all leads up to the main event on Sunday. Free practice one. Beautiful looking day out on track. Track temperature 47 degrees, 28 degree air temperature, such a stunner. And the crowds, oh my gosh, you guys, the crowds were out in full spirit. So much orange. It's not even his home race, but they are here for that Rebel team and more specifically for their world champion, Max Verstappen. 
This is our one and only practice session. One hour, straightforward, and then we're into quali. So thrilling. This is just such a gamble. It's so far looking promising for Ferrari. They've only been on the podium once this season, and that was taking home third place in Azerbaijan for Charles Leclerc. Finishing off our practice session, and there's just over a second separating the top 10, fractionally over two tenths separating our top three. Verstappen sitting at the top of the timesheet in first, followed closely behind by the two Ferraris, Sainz sitting in second, Leclerc sitting in third. So going into quali, here is what I'm thinking. Ferrari has a real chance here. Let's just hope the weather holds up. Into qualifying, we have available to us the C5 soft, C4 medium, and C3 hard. Q1, let's go. If you've already watched the Grand Prix, you know what I'm going to talk about when it comes to qualifying. You know it. Let's all say it together. Track limits. Yes. Track limits. Holy smokes. Like, the FIA was on everybody for track limits this weekend. It was a bit ridiculous. During qualifying, it was a little bit better, but during the race, it got to the point where it was so confusing because the FIA was so behind in calling track limits. Anyways, Q1, we have a red flag comes out when Valtteri Bottas has a spin out in sector one. Luckily, he makes it back to the pits. No harm, no foul. We like that. Couple drivers with track times deleted. Verstappen, Norris, Joe, down and out. Down and out in Q1, starting at the back of the grid. In 20th, we have DeVries, 19th, Magnuson, 18th, Sargent, 17th, Joe, and 16th, Sunoda. Q2, getting a little bit gray out there, and there's lots of movement on those timesheets, mostly because lap times are being deleted left, right, and center. There's a lot of urgency to get a good clean lap in here because time is limited. We only have 10 minutes, leaving us at the end of Q2, taking their place from P15 to P11. We have Perez, yikes, Bottas, Piastri, Akon, and Russell. Seeing in the top three, we have Verstappen, Sainz, and Norris. Mm, McLaren, I see you. I see you, McLaren. I don't know if this is fully the upgrades coming through or just Lando Norris as a driver. Uh, time will tell. We'll get a more accurate read on this once Oscar Piastri has the upgrades. Q3, 12 minutes on the clock. Let's do it. Definitely a sense of urgency building in the air. Verstappen shoots to the top of the time board with a 104.5. Leclerc putting in a good time, but not good enough for pole. 90 seconds to go. He goes for another flying lap. Can he make some magic happen? No. He misses out by four hundredths of a second, which means... For Sunday's Grand Prix, we'll have Verstappen sitting on pole, being stared down by the two Ferraris starting behind him in P2 and P3. So here is Sunday's race starting grid. Verstappen on pole, sharing the front row with Charles Leclerc. Carlos Sainz coming in at P3 next to him in the McLaren. Lando Norris taking P4. Hamilton P5, Stroll P6, Alonso P7, Hulkenberg P8, Gasly squeeze 
amazing in the top 10 in P9 and Albon closing out P10. Back half the grid, we have Russell P11, wah wah, Esteban Ocon P12, Piastri P13, Baras P14, Perez, yikes, P15, Yuki Tsunoda in 16th, Joe starting P17, Sergeant P18, Magnuson P19, and DeVries at the back of the pack in P20. All right, so here are my thoughts post-quality. First and foremost, McLaren came to play. Their upgrades so far are looking promising. One lap pace is strong. Can they hold it over the course of a Grand Prix, though? Time will tell. Uh, number two, Hulkenberg, also a very strong performance again. What a comeback this season for this guy. I can't believe it. Talk about taking control of a second chance. Ferrari looking in good form as well. And my fourth point, I have to remind myself that this is a sprint weekend. There is still another qualifying session and a sprint race to come which absolutely could throw a wrench in team's plans if things go awry. This is a total side note, but I love the sportsmanship of these drivers. On the whole, they are just such gentlemen and have a real admiration and appreciation for one another, and I love it. I just I noticed this while they were in Park Ferme after qualifying. It was so nice. Sprint shootout. We arrive in a dark, damp, and cloudy Spielberg, Austria. It's not looking super nice out there. Uh, They got a lot of green. They received a lot of rain overnight, which means it is a green track. We have short qualifying sessions in our sprint shooter, SQ1, 12 minutes, SQ2, 10 minutes, and SQ3, eight minutes. The FIA has declared it a wet track, so we're going to see teams out there on the inters. The poor F3 drivers earlier, oof, they were not so lucky. They were out there in full wet conditions. SQ1, right off the top, Carlos Sainz having a bad feeling about his brakes immediately. Uh, He calls out to his team and hears nothing in reply. Total crickets for a while. They really leave him hanging. Eventually, he does come into the pits and he gets a little bit of work done, but time is a ticking and he is running out of time. He hasn't put a single time on the board yet. Let's remember this. Uh, A few small yellow flags handed out here and there. Tires are getting used to the grip, warming up, so on and so forth. Two minutes remaining in SQ1, and Carlos Sainz finally goes for an outlap, and then into his one and only flying lap, and ends up jumping up to P1. Just knocks it out of the park. What a stellar performance. Sadly, of course, we have to say goodbye to five drivers. So leaving us in SQ1, we have Sergeant Badas, Hamilton, Yo-Yo, Piastri, and Joe. SQ2, eight minutes on the clock. Russell, at the end of SQ1, was reporting issues. So we can see the team in the garage working on the front of his car. He's in the garage for an eternity, it seems like. In just the last three minutes of SQ2, Mercedes calls it and says that he won't be going out on track. So he will be finishing and starting the sprint race from P15. Uh, Track limits everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. The FAA is riding everyone's ass. Everyone's getting called for track limits. Knocked out in SQ2, taking their place for the sprint race from P15 to P11. We have Russell, Tsunoda, Gasly, and Albon. SQ3. SQ3, in the final minute or so, you look down to turn 10, the last turn on the circuit, and 
it's just a parking lot of cars. Like they're all sitting and waiting to go for their final flying lap. And it's pretty dangerous because I think cars coming up behind them aren't fully aware of the fact that there's a major slowdown. And we're just so lucky we didn't see anything happen, any incidents of cars perhaps colliding. It's just not the most safe condition, I think. Comparing times and some track evolution here, SQ1 quickest lap went to Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, a 106.1, compared to SQ3, which saw Verstappen take the fastest lap, a 104.4. So getting a little bit quicker there, mostly due to the fact that the track was starting to dry, the racing line was getting a little bit drier as we went through. Starting grid for Saturday's sprint race, we have, you guessed it, Verstappen on pole, sharing the front row with his teammate Sergio Perez. Lando Norris coming in at P3, Nico Hulkenberg P4, Carlos Sainz taking P5, teammate Leclerc P6, Fernando Alonso P7, teammate Stroll in P8, Ocon taking P9, and Kevin Magnussen taking P10. Back half of the grid, we have Albon P11, Gasly P12, Tsunoda P13, DeVries P14, Russell P15th, and finishing it off, we have Joe in P16, Piastri taking P17, Hamilton P18, Bottas P19, and Sargent at the back in P20. Sprint race podium prediction. Okay, so I am predicting a Max Verstappen win. That is a given. He is going to win the sprint. I know it. Second place on the podium, I'm giving to Perez. He's starting P2 in the sprint race. He's got the same car as Max. Ooh, he's a great driver. He should be able to pull it off. My fingers are crossed. And I'm putting Sainz on the third step of the podium. I'm really hoping whatever issues he was feeling at the beginning of SQ1 are in the past and that he's feeling primed and ready. Let's see how this turns out. Sprint race Saturday. Let's get to it. 24 laps of the circuit and the rain has been intense overnight. It is continuing to come down. Uh, Watching the formation lap, everyone's on the intertires except Valtteri. I guess... The team was figuring, maybe it'll dry up. Maybe we'll luck out on the strategy. Uh, No dice, though. He can barely make it through the formation lap. It is, like, so slick out there. Too slick for the slicks. Uh, No mandatory pit stops for the sprint race. Top eight are going to score with P1 taking home eight points. And one fewer point for every position as we fall. Green flag at the back of the grid. Lights out. And we are racing in Austria. Now, to me, this looked like a really slow roll at the start of the race. And there is a little bit of action between two people you don't want to see action between. The two Red Bulls. Perez coming out pretty far and practically pushing Verstappen off track. In a post-race interview, he said that he could barely see him. He didn't know he was there, yada, yada. Verstappen ends up coming out in front and takes his rightful spot leading this sprint race. Perez closely behind him in P2. 
turn three, we had a little bit of bottleneck effect here, giving an opportunity for Hulkenberg to slip into third. Then he's side by side with Perez going into turn five and makes the move on the outside of Perez into turn six. Hulkenberg takes P2, and this is where he's going to stay for half of the race, which is pretty impressive halfway through the race and Alex Albon is holding up a long train of people he's in p7 and behind him closely behind him little conga line we have Akon Leclerc Norris and the two Mercedes quickly making their way to join also at the halfway point Verstappen already nine seconds ahead and the gap continues to build he ends up finishing this race 21 seconds ahead of his teammate in p2 Lap 12, and my podium prediction is looking so strong. It is actually perfect. So please, nobody move. Nobody move. Everyone stay exactly where you are. This is great for me. I don't care how it is for you. It's great for me. No, I'm just kidding. It's looking a little less wet out there. Lap 16, Mercedes brings Russell into the pits for the slicks. Are they taking a gamble? Well, no. It ends up paying off. He is consistently putting in fastest lap after fastest lap. Things are looking really good here. Haas soon follows suit. Hamilton also pits. Piastri and Leclerc also pit to switch to the slicks. Four laps to go, and Russell is climbing up the ranks. Whizzes past Lando Norris and races Esteban Ocon to the line, coming in nine thousandths behind the Alpine driver. Driver of the day for the sprint race, in my opinion, definitely goes to George Russell. He took a gamble on the slicks, the first to do so, and it paid off big time. He got himself up there into the points. My prediction? I aced it. I killed it. That has never happened before, so I'm giving myself a pat on the back. We finish this sprint race with Verstappen taking the win, Perez taking second, and Sainz making it onto the podium for third. We close out with Stroll taking P4, Alonso taking 5th, Hulkenberg 6th, Ocon 7th, Russell 8th, Norris 9th, just outside those points, Hamilton taking 10th, 11th for Piastri, 12th for Leclerc, 13th for Albon, 14th for Magnussen, Gasly coming in in 15th, Tsunoda in 16th, DeVries in 17th, Sargent taking 18th, Joe 19th, and Bottas 20th. Mm, mm, mm. I love a sprint weekend. It's just so good. There's so much action, which is so much better. I would rather watch a sprint weekend than three hours of practice racing. I'm sure I'm not alone in that sentiment. I'm sure a lot of us would like more sprints. They're just so great. It's so thrilling. All right, leading up to the race, there have been some changes. Magnuson and DeVries will be starting in the pits because they've chained specifications after qualifying. Race day. It is a beautiful sunny day. Thank goodness. No rain in sight. So warm. So nice. We found out today that the circuit contract has been renewed until 2030. Ugh, we just can't wait. We love you, Austria. You're fantastic. It's a green flag at the back of the grid. Lights out, and we are racing in Austria. Race start. Verstappen leads. Leclerc taking a few good lunges at him. It looks like there's a little boop 
contact at turn three, perhaps? Uh, Perez, Piastri, and Joe going wide at the beginning of the race, going off the circuit, coming back on, but allowing for a couple people to sneak through. Here is where we're at in terms of places gained and or lost in the first few laps of this race. Hamilton, Norris, Alonso, Hulkenberg, all up by one. Stroll down by two, Perez up by two, Joe up by three, Piastri down by two. He got caught up in that little run off the road. Uh, Sergeant up by two, Bottas down by three, DeVries up by two, and poor Yuki down by four positions. Yuki, speaking of the Japanese driver, goes into the gravel, brings out the safety car for laps two and three. Track limits continues to loom over the drivers this weekend. We have quite a few calls for track limits and already a black and white flag for Lewis Hamilton on lap 15. Yuki Tsunoda shortly following in lap 15. A little trouble for Hulkenberg in this race. He ends up pulling off the circuit, goes into the runoff. There's smoke coming out of the back of that Haas. He has to retire the car, and this brings out the virtual safety car, which brings me to my first highlight. The virtual safety car. It was called too late for Red Bull and Ferrari to make a pit stop. At first, we're thinking, oh no, everyone else got a free pit. What's going to happen here? They're at an advantage. Well, no. The safety car gets extended. Ferrari pulls off a very smooth double stack pit stop and things are back out on track and we are racing. Lap 17 and Hamilton receives that five second penalty for track limits. We have more black and white flags coming out. One for Hulkenberg, even though he'd already retired from the race. This is what I'm talking about when I say the FIA couldn't keep up. A black and white flag for science on lap 28. Probably someone else. Honestly, I've lost track at this point. There's too many. Lap 34 and Verstappen is coming up on Leclerc, who is currently our race leader and makes the pass on turn three. Verstappen gains lead and this is where he's going to stay for the remainder of the Grand Prix. Lap 60 and here's where things start to heat up. Perez just riding the tail of Sainz. A little bit of a battle for third here. Sainz being a little strategic here. Smart, uh, but lap 61, Perez ends up earning that DRS into turn four, takes over, science makes his way into that third spot. I noticed during this race, there was a lot of radio chit chat, and honestly, it was like being in elementary school all over again. Just like drivers tattling on other drivers. At one point, the McLaren team had asked Lando to advise them of every time Lewis Hamilton goes outside track limits and Lando was just like no there's too many times I'm not gonna be talking the whole time of the radio no because it was literally like that Hamilton he was so mm, what word am I gonna use here agitated aggravated frustrated he was annoyed um that he was being dinged for track limits and he felt like no one else was well other people were 100% other people were you could see it in the number of black and white flags we get. There was actually a graphic at the bottom of the screen at one point telling us which drivers have yet to serve their penalty because there were so many drivers who were doled out that five-second penalty for track limits. Yuki actually, oof, doubling down, receiving a 10-second penalty. Ay ay ay. Here's how we finish the race. 
We finished off the Grand Prix with Verstappen taking home the win at Red Bull's home race, which is just so nice. Leclerc holding on to P2 and Perez taking that third step on the podium. We have Sainz finishing off in fourth, Norris taking fifth, Alonso taking sixth, Hamilton seventh, Russell eighth, Gasly ninth, and Stroll tenth. Double points here for quite a number of teams. Double points for Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. Just outside the points, we have Alex Albon finishing P11. Akon taking home 12th. Sargent, great performance from him, taking 13th. Joe finishing in 14th. Debris 15th. Badass 16th. Piastri finishing 17th. Sonoda finishing 18th. Magnussen 19th. And Hulkenberg with our one and only DNF. Fastest lap of this race went to Verstappen with a 107.01. Driver standings. Not too much happening here, but Verstappen has made a move here, opening up that lead. Verstappen currently sitting in that first position for the driver's standings with a whopping 229 points. Trailing behind him, his teammate Perez in second with 148 points. And in third, Alonso, kind of far off, just sitting at 129 points. In terms of the Constructors' Championships, It is a race for second. Red Bull out there in front, extremely dominant, 377 points. Meanwhile, Mercedes and Aston Martin battling it out for second place. Mercedes with 178 points, closely behind Aston Martin with 172. Time for our race rating. Okay, so good, clean racing again. Good overtakes. Way too many track limit penalties. Like, way too many. It was a lot. I'm going to give this race a 6 out of 10. Time for Super Fan of the Weekend. All right. Woof. This was hard. Mainly because it was like playing Where's Waldo. There was so much orange. Oh my goodness. Austrian fans, I love you. You are fantastic. You're full of pep, you're full of spirit, you're full of pride, you had your flags, you had your matching t-shirts, there were beverages I noticed, yeah, I feel like you like to party, so when I finally make it over to Europe, I'm coming to Austria because you looked like you were having a fantastic time. Um, this brings me to my super fan of the weekend. It is going to the entire grandstand at turn eight. This entire grandstand, with the exception of very few people, were all dressed in orange and they were up on their feet like all the time. They were just so pumped. Kudos to you. You are our super fans of the weekend. All of you. Let's talk about what I learned this weekend. So during our one and only practice session, I heard the rumblings of a trial power station. In an effort to slash carbon emissions, they were introducing a new low carbon energy generation system for the pits and paddock using a central low emission generator powered by hydro treated vegetable oil and some solar panels. So Immediately, I thought, what is this hydro-treated vegetable oil? So, I did some digging. 
thank you to the YouTube channel Overdrive for supplying me with this information. It was very helpful. Essential Power Generation Farm was placed at the last turn of the circuit, and it's hoped that this could cut emissions by around 90%. It's powered by sustainable sources, included hydro-treated vegetable oil, or HVO, biofuel, and 600 square meters of solar panels. The pilot project is creating a more efficient and sustainable option not only reducing carbon emissions, this trial is allowing Formula One to collect data and analyze that crucial data that could be used to streamline the system and roll it out at future events. What is HVO? Hydro, meaning that the oil is reacting with hydrogen, goes through this big confusing process that I'm not going to explain to you because it's not necessary for the purposes of this segment. I did, however, learn about a CFPP test, or a cold filter plugging point test, which measures the lowest temperature a specific volume of fluid can be passed through a filter. Now, regular diesel can pass through at minus 15 degrees Celsius, whereas hydro-treated vegetable oil can pass through at a whopping minus 50 degrees Celsius. I also learned that Already, HVO vehicles are on the road. Heavy-duty road manufacturers and some passenger vehicle manufacturers, including Mercedes, Volvo, Audi, and Volkswagen, already have vehicles on the market which run on HVO fuel. Will we be seeing this more in the future? Will it debut at perhaps another circuit later in the season? Time will tell. Here are my thoughts leaving Austria. Williams had some great race results. I mean, Logan Sargent, when was the last time he finished above P18? And he finished in 13th. Teammate Albon finishing 11th. I'm looking at this thinking there is a good possibility for double points in the upcoming races. My second thought and my final thought is that it was just such a tough break for Carlos today. He was so devastating close to getting a podium position and making it a double podium for Ferrari but just missed out I'm hopeful for him in Silverstone where he won last year his first formula win maybe he'll have some good luck at that circuit that's it that is another episode for the books thank you for tuning in I appreciate you listening you can reach me on Instagram or TikTok at AWR underscore pod. You can listen on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Enjoy your week, everybody, and we will see you next time in Silverstone. Bye.